Ephesians 4. Hallelujah. I want to share quickly tonight something that's on my heart as we are in the um, Poor and Pastors Month, a Clergy Appreciation Month, Pastoral Appreciation Month. Um, and I want to share this very briefly. We've talked about this a couple of times before. Um, but how many of you all uh, know you can hear some again? All right. So your neighbor says, Saturation. Brings revelation. That means you hear stuff over and over. Some of you probably never heard it. Some of you have heard it. But when you get saturated in something, you get revelation out of it. Yeah, never get tired of hearing the word of God. Ephesians 4 verse 11. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So we are the body of Christ. So I am the body of Christ. So I am the church. He is the head. I am the body. And so we read here where God has given these ministry gifts, say gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he says in verse 12, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse 13, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Verse number 14. Oh, Can I use that? Yeah. Verse number 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Look at verse number 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body, say whole body, is healthy and growing and full of love. So these are the gifts, say gifts. These are the gifts that God has given to his body. Go to Jeremiah chapter number three. If you guys can turn the air down just a little bit. Turn off maybe these side fields or something. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter three. I'm going to stay in the New Living Translation. Hallelujah. Verse number 15. So we read in Ephesians 4 that these are the gifts God gave. Say gifts God gave. gave. Jeremiah 3 verse 15. And I will give you shepherds after mine own heart. I will give you. Say I will give you. Who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. So we read in Ephesians chapter number 4 that these are the gifts. And a part of those gifts is the office of pastor. We see here in Jeremiah chapter number three that again, God says, I will give you, I will give you shepherds. I will give you pastors after my own heart. So pastors are a part of God's gift to the body of Christ. Um, But a gift does you no good unless it's received. Unless it's received. And, 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 and and so I, 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 I've, Grab this, had them put this together for me. Um, thank you, Sam. Just the top one, yeah. And, and this is what we call, when you see it, a gift. Say a gift. a gift. Regardless of what's inside this gift, this box, this gift, this box, it could be a thousand dollars, it can be a million dollars, it can be a diamond, it could be something that's very beneficial to you. But it means nothing unless you receive the gift. 
And these are the gifts God gave to his church. One of those ministry gifts is the pastor. Means nothing if you don't receive the gift. It means nothing if you don't receive the gift. And I'll give you shepherds. I'll give you pastors after my own heart. Means nothing unless you receive the gift. I don't care what's in the gift. If you don't receive the gift, you can't get what's in the gift. And just because you go to a church and sit in a pew every week doesn't mean you receive the gift. This is a gift. I don't know what's in this gift. Well, you don't know what's in this gift, but it's something in this gift. Means nothing. To me, means nothing to you unless you receive it. Unless you receive it. You got to receive this gift. You got to receive. I, I want to make this real clear tonight. You got to receive this gift. Come here, sister. Right here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-uh, not you, dear. You, come on. Uh-huh. This is a gift for you. What do you do? You receive the gift. You receive the, there you go, there you go. She received the gift. It now belongs to you. Whatever's in it belongs to you. But you couldn't have gotten it unless she received it. It's real simple. But it's missed a lot of times. It's missed a lot of times. In the office of pastor is loaded. The office of pastor is loaded with good things for those that have been assigned to him or her. But you have to receive them. Even in Jeremiah 29. That's your gift. Go ahead and see what's in there. Jeremiah chapter 29. Verse number 11. It says, I know the plans that I think toward you. We preach that, we shout about that, but understand this. A part of that plan is a pastor. I lost half the church. Y'all looking at the gift. Okay. I got you. Uh huh. Take your time, dear. It's all right. A part of that plan in Jeremiah 29. Is the gift. Here is where we get caught up sometimes. We get caught up in the packaging. We get caught up on the packing and miss the content. That's what's in there. Okay. Thank you. You can be seated. She. I got another gift. See how y'all laughing? Why y'all laughing? Because y'all immediately looked at the package. And some of y'all decided right off, I don't want that gift. Because of the package. And you got to mature in the Lord. Well, you don't miss the content God has for you because you're busy judging the package. This gift is the same as that one. It's just packaged differently. Who wants this gift? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, some, of y'all, some of y'all tone changed real quick. Yeah, I'm going to keep this one for myself. It's interesting because Sunday, or I think it was Sunday, Sister Dorothy Prince, is she here? She here. She, she, she came up to me on Sunday. I'm going to use it as an example. She didn't know what I didn't ask her. And, and she brought me a gift. This is the gift that she brought me. Just like this. And here's what she said. She said, Pastor, don't mind the chocolate and stuff on here. So yeah, the, 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 the package got a little chocolate on it. Got a little watermark on the back. 
I don't know what his daughter was doing with this, but. <laughs> but I can tell just by looking at it, there was some good stuff on the inside of it. It was, it was a little plump in the middle. <laughs> and not just knowing, because sometimes you don't know that, but not just thinking, oh, it's something on the inside, so I'll take it regardless of the chocolate. I also know Sister Dorothy's heart. And so regardless, if the package got a little chocolate on, a little watermark, I know her heart concerning me. And so I received the gift. And I didn't just receive it to, to, to not hurt her feelings. I received it to receive it. And partake of what was in it. And this was Sunday she gave me this. I've already used what she gave me. Catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. Because when, when the pastor releases revelation, you ain't got to go home and recook it. All you got to do is receive it and partake. I already used what she gave me Sunday. Okay, y'all, 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 are, are y'all with me? I'm trying to get you to understand something because the body of Christ is under attack as it relates to these five-fold ministry gifts. Hey there, hey, hey, hey. Where my winner at? Where my winner at? Hey! The body of Christ is under attack as it relates to uh, the five-fold ministry gift, especially the office of pastor. And it's not under attack from outside, but from within. Because the spirit of offense has so crept into the body of Christ and it has so justified our positions and that it has blinded us of the condition of our heart and caused us to move into areas of dishonor. And when you dishonor, you can't receive the gift. So I'm going to talk tonight for the next 30 minutes they're giving me. I'm receiving God's gift. Write it down. Under subject, subtitle, restoring honor. It's under attack. I see it on the news. I see it everywhere. And if you don't protect your eyes and ear gates, you'll be sitting in a local house and have totally disconnected from the pastor who has great things for you. It's not my doing. I just read you. He said, these are the gifts that he gave to the church. One was pastor. Then he says in Jeremiah, I'll give you pastors after my heart. And they're going to lead you and they're going to guide you. They're going to cover you. They're going to protect you. But my ability, write this down. My ability to assist you in getting to your expected end is totally contingent upon you receiving me. Point blank, real simple. I thank God for my man of God and woman of God. I had the privilege, and I always say privilege because I don't get to talk to him as much as I'd like to because I'm here, he's there. But I had this privilege talking to him yesterday and had the privilege face time with him yesterday. And those times are precious to me. His instructions are precious to me because I honor him. I honor his, he, he has a place, he has weight in my life. And I know a lot of where I'm going is connected to him. I lost half the room again. See, we did this back in the day pre-revelation. It's funny how we've lost it post-revelation. Because we didn't even have all this revelation we had back in the day, but we honored our pastors. Oh, yes, some of y'all, some of us, some of us had jack leg pastors and we honored them. You knew he was a jack leg. You knew he had a wife and two side chicks and you still honored him at the anniversary time. I know I'm telling the truth. Just look straight ahead. Let's not have this revelation and not put it to work. I believe once we are born again, catch, catch me, I'm going to share, we'll just share my heart tonight. Once we're born again, The first thing you should look for, listen to me very carefully, is not a church, but you should be in high pursuit of a pastor. 
That's how you end up going to a church, loving the church, loving the vision, but don't have nothing to do with the pastor. That don't even make no sense. He just said, I'll give you churches after my heart. I'll give you pastors. And of course, those pastors are connected to local assemblies. I wish I had this revelation some years ago. I got it now. I understand it totally now. The pastor plays a vital role in your development as a believer. Maturing, covering, protecting, counseling. And he has to answer to God for how he handles you in the earth realm. Go to Hebrews chapter number 13. Come on, look at this. Look at this. Thank you again, Sister Dorothy. Chocolate and all. Come on. (laughs) Hebrews 13. Look at it in the New Living Translation, verse 17. Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls and they are accountable to God. Now, either we believe this or we don't. This is this is this to me. This is strong stuff. That's why you can't even play with this office. I don't understand how people play with the office of pastor. I'm gonna be a pastor. I'm a thought of church. Yeah, no, no, no. You don't. You can't play with this. He says these are offices that I gave to my body. I left with my body. I left in place in the earth realm. Yeah, I left the Holy Spirit and I left you pastors. I left you prophets and apostles and teachers. I left you evangelists to perfect the saints, to grow us up, to help us develop in our God likeness. And I'm going to tell you this because we got to stop this bashing of the different offices. You need all five offices to have a healthy and be a healthy church. Else God wouldn't have left all five. He says, you're accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow, for they would certainly, that would certainly not be for your benefit if you make it tough for them. Look at this in the message Bible. The message, verse 17. Be responsive to your pastoral leaders. Listen to their counsel. They are alert to the condition of your lives and work under the strict supervision of God. That's strong. Contribute to the joy of their leadership, not its drudgery. Why would you want to make things harder for them? Look at what the Living Bible says, the TLB, obey your spiritual leaders and be willing to do what they say. For their work is to watch over your souls and God will judge them on how well they do this. Give them reason to report joyfully about you to the Lord and not with sorrow, for then you will have to suffer for it too. Go to Romans chapter number 10. I'm going somewhere. Romans chapter number 10. I'm, I'm, I, I'm really pushing this in this season um, because I think the church has fallen off from this. I've talked to pastors. I talked to leaders and it is amazing to me the level of dishonor and disrespect floating and flowing in the body of Christ. Not just among new saints and young folk, they don't know no better. Among the older saints, some of the elders and pastors and leaders, they are, they are in strict violation of Bible, Bible principles as it relates to God's set leaders in his house. This is the Lord's church. God has set order in his church and we got to submit under that so Jeremiah 29 11 can come to pass in our lives. I promise you I'm telling you the truth. Romans 10 verse 13. And most people wouldn't teach this. They let somebody else do it. I want to kind of get you some of this myself. Verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. We heard on Sunday from Pastor Twan how this, he kind of broke this down and how this whole beautiful feet thing is talking about position and, and, and how timely your man and woman of God is. How timely is the position of those that teach the good news and share the good things about God to you. Very important you understand that. Very important. Very important. Very important. You can hear without a preacher. I know God is on the throne and God speaks to you and I hear from God, but God wouldn't have set this up the way he set it up. You need a pastor. You need people in your life that God has ordained to be in there. Stop falling for all of these lies that the enemy is, is even have caused to creep into the church. 
I hear so many times, I don't need a pastor. I, I just, I don't need a pastor. No, 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 no. If you are a believer, this is Bible. This is not something we made up. We didn't come up with this and voted on it and said, let's go tell the masses they all need a pastor. No, this is God's deal. This is God's order. And you cannot violate God's order and not expect chaos in your life. You cannot do it. I am a product of being pastored. I have been pastored as long as I can remember. I've been under somebody's authority. Always had a pastor. Always had somebody that could handle me. That could speak into my life. And it's not just about stopping you and sitting you down and putting you on pause. That's just a part of if that's the season that you're in. It's about helping you get to your destiny. Helping you grow up in the things of God. Because there's some things you can't even handle that is a part of your destiny until you grow up. And pastors are in place to help you to grow up. To teach you. It says to guide you. To guide you. You can't guide nobody without instructions. I don't follow nobody's instructions. Nobody tell me what to do. You are, you, are, you are in trouble, my friend. You got to submit to the voice of God on earth for you. I tell Pastor Mike all the time. You know, whatever you say, that's the deal, Jack. I trust God. I trust the God in you. I trust that he has placed me under your care, under your care, not just under your authority, under your care. Yeah. Say care. Yeah. Go to Second Corinthians. Because pastors are not just here to tell you what to do and tell you when to sit down and be an authority figure. They're here to care for the sheep. That's why I tell people all the time, I am a shepherd. I am, I am a pastor. I am a master lover of people. That's what God has called me to do before the foundation of the earth. I didn't go to school to get it. Nobody laid hands on me to get it. That was in me when I came out of my mother's womb. Before I was in that, that was in me. Because he knew me before I was in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you got to understand, you got to understand this whole thing of pastoral leadership and submitting to it and getting in a house where where you know this is my man of God. When you come, you don't come to the church because they got good singing and, and, and they got good good screen and, and this is nice and that's pretty. No, no, no. They got air conditioning there. I love it. No, 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 no. I'm going to check out the pastor. I'm going straight for the pastor. Who is this guy? I believe God is leading me. I want to know who you are. Because once I commit, I'm going to submit to this man of God. Are you listening to me? Second Corinthians chapter number 11. Yeah, we, 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 we out, of the all, out of all the offices, um, pastor is the only one that has the sole responsibility of caring for sheep. You know, evangelists can come through town and wreck your house and they're going to the next city. They ain't going to be here to, 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 to wrestle with you and pray with your kids and dedicate your, your mama. They ain't going to be here to do all that. They just coming through the city. They're going to sweep through the city and bless, praise God for them. That's not their role. But the pastor's role, the pastor's role is to care for the sheep. And I don't know about you, but if, if, if you call yourself a pastor, I, you ought to smell like sheep. My car smell like sheep. My house smell like sheep. My office smell like sheep. My clothes smell like sheep. I got sheep between my fingernails. I got sheep all over me because I'm called to serve this house and the people in it. My job is not to come and preach you a sermon and disappear in the back. I am here to help you walk through this thing called life according to the word of God. And if you don't see it like that, you're missing out on the gift God has given to the church. If I'm just a guy that's going to just going to preach to you and bury your mother and dedicate your kids and marry your sister, you've missed out. I'm not clergy. Because right now, everybody got a clergy card. The bartender can marry because he wouldn't got him clergy card. No, no, I, I'm telling you the truth. I am a pastor. I don't want to just marry you. I want to sit with you before marriage and meet this dude and meet this girl and give you some wisdom and keep you from making certain pitfalls. That's a, the role of a pastor. And if you don't allow me to do that, you're missing out. And I got to be the one to tell you this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got to say, hey, 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 I'm your man of God. Now, if, if you're in a play, if you're in this church and I'm, I'm going to make sure I stress this for the next six months, if you're in this church and you don't feel like I am, you need to get out of here real quick and find your pastor because you're wasting time. 
If you're sitting here and you can't receive from me and you are in the place of dishonor and what you like the church, you're in the wrong place. And you're wasting time. I need to receive from my man and woman of God. Even when things happen that I don't really understand. We was on a call with my pastor on Monday and he said some things. We was like, what was that about? Was that that about us? Was that? Wait. I said, okay, I ain't got time to deal with that. I'll call them the next day. Hey, doc, what's happening? But we don't do that. We go start something else. You have to get into a place where you understand this place of honor. I, you know, I, I, and it's not just black church. Black church, I've been talking about some honor in the past. I was at a white church, all white church, all white folk. I went to a conference about how to have a creative church. You know what they talk about the whole week? How to honor your leaders. Because this ain't no black church thing, ain't no white church thing. It's a body of Christ thing. This is the order of God, and we've been violating it. Been violating. I am blessed today because I understand what I'm teaching. I do what I'm teaching. Yeah, yeah. For Second Corinthians chapter eleven, um, verse twenty-three in the New Living Translation. Are y'all getting this? Yeah. yeah. This is Paul venting here because of these false apostles. He says, are they servants of Christ? He said, I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. Come on, Paul. He said, I worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent the whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities and the des- in the desert and on the seas. I've faced danger for men who claim to be believers but are not. Oh God, Paul. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been... I have been, turn the page, hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, verse 28, Paul says, I have the daily burden of my concern. King James says, my care for all the churches. At the end of the day, after all of that, after my son's game, after, after my other son's game, after I got to go to the cleaners, after I got to go to my doctor's appointment and get my oil changed and get my car washed and go back to a new shirt and go down and get to DMV and do all my stuff, I have the concern of the church. And if a pastor that doesn't have the concern of the church, I may want to check if he's a pastor or not. And I know some great pastors that love God's people and love what God has called. And I have some that I question and said, dude, are you a pastor? Because there ought to be some concern. There ought to be some care for not the church building, but you are the church. What's going on with Sister Doris? What's going on with this guy? Who's going to send him something? Call them, check on them, text them. The concern for the churches. People come off and say, Pastor, I'm going through this. I say, just sit down for a minute. I'm, I'm not concerned about you being on the schedule and, and, and you making a service on time. I'm concerned about you. I need you to be whole and restored and refreshed. You can sing later. You can play later. You can ush later. But I need you to be restored because I'm concerned about you, the church. If it's about numbers and money and schedules and who's going to lead and who's going to play, we've turned this into some kind of business and that was not what God called it to be. The term pastor comes from shepherd. It's, it's, write it down, one who guides and cares for a flock. And Proverbs 27 and 23 says this, no, no, 27, 23, NLT, says know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herds. No, no, know the state of your flock. No. No, I'm grateful that God trusts me with this assignment. But knowing the state of your flock can bring great depression. It can bring great stress. It can wear you out. I know I'm graced to do it, but it still comes with it. So I tell you all the time, there's, there's no glamour in knowing the state of your flock. 
Because see, I think sometimes we think that, are y'all here tonight? I think sometimes we think I'm the only member. I'm the only one called pastor this week. I'm the only one need trouble. I'm the only one need 911. I'm the only one. No, 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 no. No, there's a whole bunch of us here. Whole bunch of us here. And I have to know. And thank God for a great leadership team that assists. But 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 you have to know the state of the flock. Man. First Thessalonians chapter number five. Go there. Come on, I got 12 minutes, and I'm not even off this second page. If you don't get this understanding and receive this gift, and when I said this gift, I mean myself and Pastor London. We pastor together. She's not the co-pastor. She's not the co-leader. You know, she, she's Pastor London. She pastors the church with me. The same grace on my life is on her life. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff you know not of because she has great discernment. She checks me. She tells me what I need to be doing. I thought you was the head. I am, but I do it sometimes what she tell me to do. I'm a smart man. Dear brothers and sisters, verse 12, NLT, 1 Thessalonians 5, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholeheartedly love because of their work. And look at this next line we seem to forget. We quote the first part that we have in pastoral anniversary. We don't quote this last line. And live peaceably, peacefully with each other. That's big. Because one of the biggest things a pastor has to do is keep the sheep from biting each other. You know sheep bite. you just like in your own house. You have children. You have more than one. You got to keep telling Jimmy, leave Sarah alone. If you don't leave her alone, leave her alone. Stop it. It don't matter. And you have to keep doing that. Matthew 13. I was trying to set this up. I'm going to jump to the end, man. Because I forgot we don't have a one Wednesday a month. Yeah. Jump to the end. Matthew 13. (laughs) Matthew 13. Come on, y'all. Hurry up. Verse 53. New Living Translation. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, I love it. Jesus told stories and he gave illustrations. Because he wanted to make this word so plain. He left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. And when he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And all his sisters live right here among us. They live down the street. Where did he learn all these things? And they were, and they were, and they were, and they were deeply, deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And then Jesus told them this. He said, a prophet is honored everywhere. Except in his own hometown and among his own people. And so, look at what happened when they moved into a position of dishonor. It says he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. The, 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 the full floodgate of power didn't flow because they were in dishonor. Yeah. We teach sometimes because of their unbelief. It was also dishonor. They dishonored who he was. They dishonored who he was to them. So, so the gift he was to them, they couldn't receive it because they dishonored him. And he's there healing the sick and opening blind eyes and raising the dead. They talking about that's Mary's that he laid down the street and they didn't receive him. They didn't receive him. And so that, that's, that's part of the thing, Pastor Terrence, when you, when you are a real shepherd and you smell like sheep, people tend to get common with the shepherd. And, and when you get common, you lose honor. And when you lose honor, you, you can't receive. Very few people can handle both things. You can, you can go to eat peace with the pastor and know, but they're still the pastor. I, he put on his pants just like me. He a man just like me. So why don't you marry yourself then? When you was going through with your wife, why didn't you all sit down and counsel yourself? Why did you call the church? And why did you ask for the pastor? The pastor Terrence is going to take you. No, I want, I want the pastor. No, no, no. Pastor Terrence going to, no, no, I want the pastor. Because that's my pastor. Yeah. 
Notice when she received the gift, she received the whole thing. She didn't snatch half of the box. She got the whole thing. So had she opened that box and it was a hundred dollar bill in there, but had it been some dirt in there? Had it been some things in there she didn't really want? It's all in the gift. It's all in the box. I see y'all, y'all understand. See y'all. Okay. I know, I know what I'm doing here. Go to Matthew 10. And, and, and while you're turning there, turn with your left hand, right with your right hand. Or turn with your right, right with your left. And write down what honor is. Because the power to define is in the power to fulfill. The privilege of having weight in someone's life, that's honor. Write that down. The privilege of having weight. Weight meaning a voice in someone's life. A voice in someone's life. Honor is the right, the right to be heard and obeyed. Honor is, write this down, to give value to a person without stumbling over who they are not. That's good right there. Without stumbling over who they are not. If my pastor was just a little bit like, if I, if I pastor just, no, 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 this is who he is. It's the gift God gave to you. Yep. I wish my pastor just kind of, I wish he preached more. I wish he just kind of hooped sometime. It's the gift God gave you. He gave you a teaching gift. I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't really like that though. You ever got something you didn't like but you needed it? You ever went downstairs at Christmas and grabbed that box where you was looking for an Xbox and it was some socks and drawers and stuff and you was like, I don't want this, but you know you need them because all the drawers you got got holes in them and the socks ain't no good and you needed that. Yeah. So the privilege of having weight in a voice in someone's life, the right to be heard and obeyed, to give value to a person without stumbling over who they are not, to value, appreciate, and respect, to have a good opinion about. Come on, right fast. You have a good opinion about. You got, you got, you got to check your heart. Because if you don't have a good opinion about your man or woman of God, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Um, um, and even if you don't, you keep it to yourself. I love my pastor, but there are certain things that he does I don't do. There's a couple of things I don't even agree with. And that's what people got to get. You got you to you wake up on that because you ain't going to agree with everything. Oh, I, I just said something real big there. You know, I just said something real big there. You ain't going to agree with everything. And if you're looking to agree with everything, you're going to always have a problem. But I know that's my man of God. And I don't wrestle and magnify what I don't agree with. I cling to what I do agree with and why God has set us up together. Man, man. Man, man. Man, man. Yep. It's, it's, it's honor, the last one, to celebrate a person without needing them to be something else. To celebrate a person without needing them to be something else. Honor attracts the presence of God. Write that down. And then go to Matthew 10. God loves to be celebrated by you celebrating the one he sent. God loves to be honored by you honoring the one he sent. Just told you what honor was. I understand this position of honor. I understand this position of submission. There's times I've been talking to my pastor and I wanted to say something and I would shut my mouth. Because I understand the position of honor. And I would never put myself in a position to dishonor him. Ever. Won't do it. That helps me with my wife. Because if I can say that about my pastor, then how can I dishonor my wife? If I can position myself never to argue with him or, or, or get into it with him or dishonor him, I can do the same thing and more for her. Because she comes before him. Matthew 10 verse 39. Are y'all getting this? 
He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He that receiveth you receiveth me. He that receiveth you receiveth me. He that receiveth you receiveth me. And he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. It's the order of God. Order of God. You receive God's gift, you receive him. John 12, 26. John 12, 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. When you honor those that God has sent, you set yourself up for honor that only comes from God. I promise you that. And God honors just like I just read you what honor is. He's going to celebrate you. He's going he gonna, he gonna to put you up. He's going to push you out. He's going to increase you because you understand honor. Oh, boy. I got two minutes. I'm trying to see which direction to go with this. Go to 1 Corinthians 4. Oh, honor is the pathway to promotion and destiny. Mm-hmm. Many people want the grace they see on their leader's life without honoring them. It, it all comes to honor, man. It don't come from you carrying no bags, pouring no water, and running up behind nobody. The church has been lying to y'all about that. You do that all your life. As people have been running up behind folk for a long time and ain't got nothing. Because it's all based on the heart. Pull my, you can pour my water for 30 years with the wrong heart and never receive anything. Ain't that something? He says, I work through the heart. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't have the right heart and they've been called to do that, you're just doing your own thing. And what happens is when you want the grace without the honor, it leads you to envy and jealousy and resentment. Of the very people you're called to lead. Or you're called to serve. Or you're called to honor. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church regarding spiritual fathers in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14. I'll read it from the Message Bible. Put it up on the screen, the Message Bible. I'm not writing all of this as a neighborhood scold just to make you feel rotten. I like how the Message puts this. I'm writing as a father to you, my children. I love you and want you to grow up well, not spoiled. Verse 15. There are a lot of people around who can't wait to tell you what you've done wrong. But there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and effort to help you grow up. See, that's this new thing now in the church. Everybody preaching about the wrath of God and about what's wrong with the church. We know what's wrong with the church. And because of God's um, um, finished work on Calvary, his grace is sufficient. Now teach me how to grow up and grow in that grace. Yeah. Um, it says, it was, it was as Jesus helped me proclaim God's message to you that I became your father. I'm not you know, asking you to do anything I'm not already doing myself. This is why I sent Timothy to you earlier. He's also my dear son and truth of the master. He will refresh your memory on the instructions, set instructions. I regularly give all the churches on the way of Christ. The instructions. I know there are some among you who are so full of themselves. They never listen to anyone, let alone me. And they don't think I'll ever show up in person. You know, this is funny how Paul was pastoring these churches through letters. Through letters. He was writing letters with instructions. Hey, I heard y'all down acting up. Stop. I'm coming through next week. I need you to have the offering ready. Yeah, he was through letters. Don't think I'll ever show up in person, but I'll be there sooner than you think, God willing. And then we'll see if they're full of anything but hot air. We'll see what they got to say when I get there. They've been talking smart since I've been writing these letters. But when I get there, we're going to see what they got to say. 
God's way is not a matter of mere talk. It's an empowered life. I love that. Write that down. It's not just talk. It's an empowered life. So how should I prepare to come to you as a severe disciplinarian who makes you toe the mark or as a good friend and counselor who wants to share heart to heart with you? You decide. We have many instructors. We need folks to give us instructions. But this whole fatherhood piece that you're going to see a lot of now in the body of Christ, you're going to see it begin to turn. I think we have missed the mark on the spiritual fatherhood because a lot of, in our community especially, we were not taught. We, we were not taught and not properly fathered, some naturally and spiritually. So now God has put people in positions to do what that was never done for them. And you've got to rely on the Holy Ghost to get wisdom to do that. Are you listening to me? So not just instructions, but relational pastoring. So I tell our leaders all the time, you got to get relational with people, man. That's what it's all about. If not, we just, we just flocking in, flocking out. Got to get relational. That's what small groups are doing. It's caused you to be relational. But, and, but you ain't in it, but there's a pastor in every small group. So you're missing, the, you're missing the whole vision of God. There's a pastor in every small group. So you do touch your pastor every week. Well, I ain't in no group. That's your problem. You have a pastor there to pray with you, touch you, call you, text you. You need some money, they're going to go to the group and help you out maybe. Go to dinner with you. All that stuff. Pray for your kids. You got a pastor in your group. And the same grace that's on my life is on them. When you going to come to my group? I mean, I never come to your group. Paul wrote letters. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? He wrote letters, Jack. They was down there in this church and, and they, was, they had got real messed up with all this sexual stuff. It was a dude sleeping with his mother-in-law. He, he said, wait a minute, time out. He wrote him a letter. He said, cut it out. Put that dude out the church. When I come in there, I talk to him, I meet with her. He was sending letters. And I do my best to touch and all that stuff. But sometimes I, I just can't. But you know I don't. Half of y'all got my phone number. Yeah, you didn't have your last pastor's phone number. You know nothing about, you know where he lived. You know nothing about him. He came through the back door. He preached. Went out the, out the side door. He said, my bishop. <laughs> and I sit here. If I ain't got to run to a game. And I wait. As long as I got to wait and hug and talk. And I and fellowship. And folk get mad, the line was too long. Every week the line's so long. Are you kidding me? Because you think you're the only member. You said, I wanted to get up there. I wanted to go talk to my pastor. And the line long every week. <laughs> Let me give you these quick things. I, I, I'm out of time, but I got to give you this. Here's some practical ways to honor your, your set leaders. Number one, remember the vision. I didn't get to half of this, Pastor Terrence. Huh? Here are some practical ways to honor your man and woman of God. I said it too fast. Yeah. I talk fast like my dad sometimes. Um, so these are some practical ways to honor your man and woman of God. Number one, remember the vision. Everything goes back to the vision. Number one, remember the vision. Remember the why. Don't ever lose the why. Don't get distracted by anything that happens along the route. Understand the why. Why did I come here? Why did God send me here? Why did God set me in this church? Always remember that. Our vision reach, it's reach up, reach in, reach out. We reach up through worship and the word and prayer and developing godliness. We reach in by taking care of those in the household of faith and we do that very well. We take care of our people. And you take care of me. I'm going to tell you, dear. Maybe we know you need to take care of. But we take care of our people. Reach out. Evangelism. Outreach. Poor. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. We've been doing it for 10 years strong now. That's the vision of this church. That's why God set you here. And he didn't sit you here to sit here. He set you here to be a runner. To put legs to the vision. That's, that's. That's, Mark, that's, that's strong stuff. That God himself had a vision 
and he gathered. First, he called the man. He said, I got something for you to do in the earth realm. I need you to call it Lifeline Church. Then he began to handpick y'all and set you in here. You didn't come here by coincidence. I just came because my girlfriend went out there. We used to go to private eyes and west together. We came down to the church. No, 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 no. It was all orchestrated by the Lord. You didn't come here just to sit. You came here to do something. Say them and said, remember the vision. Come on, I got, I'm out of time. Remember the vision. Say it loud. Say, remember the big picture. Don't get weighed down by church politics and nonsense and offenses and whatever else goes on because it's going to go on in everybody's church. Paul, they gave Paul hell in them churches. Everything could have went on was going on in them churches. But they still did great mighty acts. Number two, get close. Get close. Number two, get close. Ah, this, I got the rush. Number two, get close. Get close. Don't camp out in the multitude. Get close. Get close. Be a runner. Get connected. Stay connected. Serve. Get a, be a part of a team. Win souls. Disciple. Ephesians 4.16 says every joint supplies. Get close. Don't hang out in the multitude. Get close. Get close. Get close. The multitude are those who enjoy the benefits without carrying their share of the responsibilities. Get close. Number three, pray for your pastor. Pray for your, imagine the hell you face in your life. Take a minute, take a minute and imagine the hell you face in your life. Temptation, the flesh, the lust, things coming against you. Imagine the hell you face in your life. Multiply that for your, your set leaders because he comes for the head first. Pray for your pastor. I get up in the morning and let me tell you, I get up and I steal away. I won't wake up and, and I steal away in the office. And I close my door and I go through some devotion time and I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and I pray for the members of the church. He called all our names. I don't call all your name every day. I don't, I don't know all your name. I don't have no list. <laughs> but as the Holy Spirit brings it to me, I'll call out names sometimes. And sometimes he'll, he'll take it further. After I pray sometime a day, he'll sit and I text this one or call this one. And I haven't even had your number. And I'll get your number and call you, text you something. And you know I've done it because I care for the people in the church. And I have, I have personally called people and I tell you, and it's like, Pastor, I just I can't, can't believe you just called me. You wouldn't even imagine what's going on with me and you called my phone. That's Holy Ghost stuff. They, that ain't getting past the brownie points. And that's what we got to get back to. Uh, my, my, uh, my pastor, they, 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 they got at least, they got at least 12,000 members. At least. At least. And they personally called the first time guests themselves every week. Are you too big for that? No, 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 no. I don't care how big you get, you are a shepherd. And you got to touch those sheep. They personally pick up their phone and call all of their first time guests themselves. Pastor, you going to do that? I didn't say that. I said they called their... <laughs> Number four. <laughs> so number one was what? Come on. Number two, get close. Number three, pray for your pastor. Number four, stand and stay through tough times. Pastor stands with you during tough times in your life. Loss of loved ones, layoffs, emotional issues, relational issues. Do the same thing. I told you this before. Long-term church success depends on imperfect people who weather the good and bad together without bailing out. If God has called you out, by all means. But if not, stand and stay through tough times. Stand and stay through tough times. Number five, give him the benefit of the doubt. There are certain things, you know, pastors can't publicly explain, but trust the God in them. Why he make that decision? Why he ain't telling us, Understand that pastors know much more than they release to you. Am I losing y'all? Say them to trust the God in your pastor. Number six, don't gossip, don't murmur. And the church said, murmur means to complain in private, to utter discontent. And it's usually at a low tone or whisper. You know you're about to murmur when you lower your voice. Hey, hey, hey. 
I just, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, murmuring is on deck when you lower your voice. That's the definition. The children of Israel gave Moses pure hell. Oh, yes, they did. They gave him pure D hell. They murmured and complained about everything, but what they didn't understand was the Bible records it as they murmured against God, not Moses. That's strong stuff. Because Moses was God's man. Why is it dangerous to murmur? Because it causes stress, number one. Yep, it causes stress. When you murmur, you forget all the things God has done for you. Why is it dangerous? The Israelites were killed because of it. It deteriorates your faith. I know that to be true. See, what I'm teaching you, I passed some of these tests. When I said some of them, I'm being very honest. Some I'm still working on. This one I passed. Because murmuring is subtle. Murmuring is like offense. It's very subtle. And before you know it, you didn't say something. I'm telling y'all the truth. Don't murmur, don't gossip. Gossip is this. Gossip in the Hebrew says this. It's one who reveals secrets. A gossiper is a person who has privileged information about people and proceeds to reveal that information to those who have no business knowing it. Anybody know a gossip? Write down Proverbs 11 and 12. Proverbs 16, 28. Proverbs 18, 7. Proverbs 11, 12 to 13, 16, 28, and then 18, 7 and 8. You got it? No. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12 to 13. Chapter 16, verse 28. Chapter 18, verse 7 and 8. And then chapter 21, verse 23. Write down also, because I don't have time. Write down 1 Timothy 5 and verse 19 and 20. It says, um, I'll read that one. It says, don't listen to an accusation against an elder unless it is confirmed by two or three witnesses. Those who sin should be reprimanded in front of the whole church, including leaders. This will serve as a strong warning to others. I can promise you this, saints of God. I have received clearance from the Holy Ghost to operate this scripture in this church. I lost whole, the whole building. We got to get back to Bible. Number seven, be an encourager. Be an encourager. The best, the thing that does my heart well, because I, I, I don't need you to stroke my ego. I don't need you to tell me how, how great I am. I want to hear how the word that's going forth is changing your life. That does a real pastor great. I'm set for the rest of the day. You come and say, Pastor, this word I've been getting, this is going on, this is going on. I fixed my credit. I'm moving the lead. I, I got delivered from depression. That does my heart well. I love my pastor. I love my pastor. Praise God for that. But that don't, that don't do nothing for me. Because I heard that the people that don't go here no more. I love my pastor. My man of God. I ain't never going nowhere. And they don't go here no more. And they talk about me on Facebook. So that don't really. <laughs> I tell the guys back. I said, don't ever say, I ain't never leaving you. Don't say that to a pastor. Because that means I'm on my way out. Say, let me say, be an encourager. Be an um, write this scripture down, Acts twenty twenty eight, and Proverbs three and twenty seven. And I have rushed my way through this. I hope y'all got something. Yeah. Restore honor. Ask, ask the Lord to to help you do inventory of your heart in this season. Yeah, we start with you set leaders. But understand this honor piece is for everybody. You have to honor each other. 
You have to honor your spouse and your children. You have to honor your coworkers and your boss. This is how this is this is God's way of promotion and destiny fulfillment is through honor. It is through honor. So it's not just for bishops, elders, apostles, and those who are anointed of the Holy Ghost. It's for your boss that smoke cigarettes and drink beer and cuss in the break room. If that's your authority figure at work, you have to honor. I can't do that. I'm saved. It's the Bible way. Say, Lord, help me to honor. Did y'all understand what I shared tonight? Give the Lord praise for the word.